Hey everybody, welcome back to another Photog Adventures podcast. I'm Aaron King. I'm Brendan Porter. With families and day jobs, we know it's hard to find time to get out there with your camera. So Brendan and I joined together and made the commitment to go out consistently and build up our landscape and astrophotography portfolios. We live in Utah and are lucky to have so many beautiful landscapes all around us. Not only do we have five national parks right here in Utah, but we are only a day or less drive away from 30 other national parks. So we created PhotogAdventures.com, this podcast, and our YouTube channel to chronicle our adventures. Come along with us to amazing places and learn from our mistakes and our successes. We hope that you will get out there too and have a photog adventure of your own. It's episode 109 and we are joined tonight Ooh, yeah. with Gavin Hardcastle. Hey, Gavin. Thanks for having me on, guys. Nice to finally uh, meet you. Yeah. We're excited to Likewise. have you guys. If you haven't seen his videos yet, he has a YouTube channel called Photo Tripper. And Photo with an F. F-O-T-O, <laughs> yes. right? There is no yeah, silent you got to get that right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> got to get that part right or are you going to get it wrong? F-O-T-O, <laughs> Tripper, T-R-I-P-P-E-R. You right? can find him there. It's a really funny channel that explores the adventure of going out there, trying to get the shot. He has a great interview with Thomas Heaton where he has nice. Thomas Heaton in the car. You have basically, Gavin, done the thing that we thought would be fun to do of mm-hmm. photographers in cars, like you know, comedians in cars with coffee. Yeah, yeah. Photographers in cars with coffee, and we were gonna do something like that. And then I saw Gavin's channel oh, where he had Thomas Heaton in the, the front idea. seat. He had a nice view, and it, it's very iconic, Gavin. Mm. You see the other videos that have that perspective from your car. You're driving. You're like, yeah, yeah. That's a photo tripper video. Mm. You know it. You recognize. It, you say, yeah, that's a, that's Gavin. Nice. So he had a very fun interview, just a casual hangout with Thomas Heaton as they drove to a location. And okay. I was watching this video, Gavin, while Brent. Brendan was getting an emergency molar repair because he lost a tooth eating the softest muffin in Bandon, Oregon that they have. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> only half of it, actually. The other, other half, half of it. The other, the other half was intact. It was fine. Oh, oh you only lost half of yeah, the tooth. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we were out It there, was very bizarre. Out there doing photography. We're having breakfast with a few listeners, and then boom, Brendan stops He's looking talking. at me, and I'm having these strange expressions <laughs> on my face. I'm going like, hmm. Hmm. And I go, yeah, that's half my tooth. Okay. We have but to need more dentist. Need more calcium in your diet. Mate. <laughs> it was a, it was a crown actually. And it, it was, was that, actually, oh, yeah. Tooth. So it was brutal. Yeah. Oh, expensive. <laughs> so yeah, we ended up having to leave Bandon and go yeah. all the way up to Yahats just so that we can find him a dentist. The dentist in Bandon down the street, it leaves for the, you know, the summer is season's yeah. over. Season's so it over. goes they home. packed up and left. Like, I yeah. never heard of a dentist that only shows up for Seasonal the summer tourism. It's a beach, well, it's on a beach side too. So what do you expect? You know, <laughs> beach side dentistry. Okay, so that's how I got a chance to watch a bunch of Gavin videos, and that's where I fell in love with you, man. Sorry to tell you, but I got a little bit of a man crush on you. You're fantastic, (laughs) fantastic channel, really fun content, so I'm like, I can't wait to get him on. And it's the accent, Gavin, too. Can't can't lie. It's always the accent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So we're talking a lot about us and you a little bit. Let's just talk about you now. So we kind of told about photo trippers. Can Mm -hmm. you fill in the holes, Gavin, on where you're from, what you're doing with photography, and why? you're doing a youtube channel right now mm. yeah well i'm originally from yorkshire in england mm, and okay. uh, i moved to canada in 2007 <clears throat> and that was partly because i could feel this sort of uh, passion for photography to you know it was, it was starting to take hold mm. and i wanted to live somewhere that had amazing locations and was inspiring and at the time um my, my background is as a musician i'm actually a music producer okay and um wow. 
I, you know, I, I did that for 20 years and, you know, it's, it's a great career. I, I'm very lucky that I had that career, but um, photography is, is my true passion. And that kind of took over about six or seven years. Oh, maybe it's eight years now that I've been teaching. Oh, okay. And, um, you know, the, the, the thing that uh, many other photographers will probably resonate with is, is it's so difficult to make money now as a photographer that really mm. your only avenue is to, is to teach. And if, right. if you can teach, then you can do workshops. You can, you can turn your passion into into a living. Right. And so many people do that now. And of course, you know, I took that fairly obvious path. And uh, yeah, I've been teaching for around about seven years now. Oh wow, that's great. Now, where are you yeah. teaching? You say you're doing workshops. You're doing your own <laughs> teaching, but do you do teaching for a university, a school, anything like that? No, it's a, it's entirely my own gig. You know, oh, it's okay. uh, I do workshops and I teach. You know, I teach internationally. Uh, I've got a couple coming up next year. One in Scotland, which is sold out, nice. and uh, one one in the Faroe Islands, which looks like that's probably going to sell out pretty soon too. Awesome. Um, and then I do them here on Vancouver Island, where I live, because oh, it's, it's okay. such a beautiful place, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So I'll. So I'll actually be putting together a few new ones for next year, but uh, but yeah, you know, Vancouver Island is. Uh, if you've never been, it's it's one of those places that the first time you go, you're gonna fall in love and you're gonna want to live there. And I've <laughs> heard I've heard that too. My sister's been there. And she wants to live there, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, it's so beautiful." And I was like, "I gotta yeah, go." Sometime. It really is. Yeah, and we somehow have- somehow I managed to I managed to figure out a way to get here That's and, awesome. and live here. And so that's that's where I'm at now, and it's, uh, it's you know even Coast. in so yeah. even in December, um, Adam Gibbs and I we were we were out shooting a whole bunch of vlogs this week, and we we couldn't believe you know we were this is December right this is where most most people shut down they they don't get good shots in their their home and depends where you live but mm. for us we we can just keep shooting all year round you know you've got coastal seascapes you've got waterfalls you've got yep. mountains rivers it's. It's brilliant, man. It's it's got everything, and that's that's why I live here. Mm. You mentioned Adam Gibbs. We're actually going to have him on the podcast here in a few episodes. Mm-hmm. What's your connection with Adam? Is he living up there near you? And you guys have been a buddy. Just go out and do photography all the time. Uh, yeah. Well, Adam uh, lives. He's he's been in Canada way longer than I have, and he he lives on the mainland half of the time. And just oh. like a half hour drive from me, the, the other half of the time, he's got a place in Parksville. And so he kind of commutes uh, back and forth from the mainland to the island. So he spends a lot of time here. And we, we met a couple of years ago <clears throat> and uh, we kind of hit it off. And so when he started spending more time here on the island, it was just kind of like a foregone conclusion that we would be friends and that we would go out nice. and shoot together. And, uh, you know, I, I've learned quite a lot from Adam as regards the vlogging stuff. And uh, yeah, we just we just have a blast. In fact, he's picking me up at seven a.m. tomorrow, and we're going out to the west coast again for some more stupid oh, adventures. Nice, nice. Yeah. How long of a drive is that for you? I mean, you're thinking Vancouver Island, West Coast. Mm. Is that just less than an hour drive? No, that's that's the downside of Vancouver Island. Is really the road network is kind of it's a small island, but the road network is kind of uh, scattered and spotty. So if you want to get to one oh. location, it's kind of it could be like three hours. And then if you wanted to get to a location that was only, let's say, 60 kilometers north, you can't go in a straight line. You have to go three (laughs) hours back inland to then go three hours back out. Yeah. So geographically, (laughs) it's... uh, 
it's a bit it's a bit difficult logistically with the the road systems but huh. but, but you know it's a pain in the ass but at the same time because it's not like a well-trodden highway that just goes around the whole island we're not inundated with tourists right mm. so it's kind of like a it's a pain but it's also a blessing yeah yeah, yeah. we have a buddy out there brian miller who lives in that area and mm. he always impresses us with really great aurora photography have you captured a lot yourself yeah, I spent quite a lot of time. So I lived in Calgary, which is in the is in Alberta. It's in the Canadian Rockies. I mm-hmm. lived there for just over a year, and I spent quite a lot of time, um, even before I lived there, shooting in the Rockies. So I've I've seen and captured quite a lot of the aurora up in the Rockies. But man, that is such a thankless task. I, I've spent <laughs> oh yeah thousands of dollars on empty gas tanks to get around, you know, knowing full well that there's an amazing aurora kicking off, but you can't see it because there's clouds. Mm, yeah, that's clouds, our Faroe yeah. Islands experience. Yeah. We had that every night in Faroe Islands, and then the aurora was just on the other it side of it. just peeking through, you know, some gaps. Yeah. And it was like, oh, and just like not, a, just not enough to... Yeah, I, I kind of yeah. gave up on that because what once you've got a few good aurora shots... It, you kind of weigh up, like you kind of got it out of your system and it's like, okay, is it worth me spending five hours driving into the middle of nowhere on a 2% chance that I will have a gap <laughs> yeah. in that cloud and I'll get a killer shot? No, it's not worth it. Mm. So it's like, uh, you know, I kind of, I got it out of my system. I'm sure if it kicks off to, tonight and I get a message and there's clear skies, I'll go. Right. But, you know, I'm, I've kind of, I'm kind of, I'm very much done with that whole aurora chasing <laughs> fiasco. I can understand. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh! So <clears throat> then, someone say someone who doesn't know anything about your channel, and they're sitting here in their car listening to the podcast, thinking, you know what, that guy's got a great voice. Let's see, should I listen to him? Follow him on the on the on the YouTube channel. But what is his YouTube channel? What would you say to describe your YouTube channel for someone who's thinking about subscribing to it? Well, when I when I decided this year to really start to put some effort into it, I I, I took a bit of time to think about what what am I going to offer, what am I going to create here, and so there's there's three aspects to all of my videos that I've really tried to inject into every video. So so number one is the humor, right? Because I can't not be silly, I can't not have a laugh. And mess around. That's just just who I am. So number one, I right. want to make people laugh. So they got to be entertained. You will see that in his most recent video when he talks about his stalker <laughs> that has found him. Nice. There's there's a lot of humor, and it's not for your grandma. It's it's good humor. <laughs> no, it's not for your grandma. And then the second thing was I wanted to make it educational, right? So mm-hmm. I wanted some aspect of of this video to teach you something, or at the very least to reaffirm something that you already learned and it's like it's got that educational component so those are the first two and then the third thing that i wanted to offer in all of the videos is inspiration you know so Mm -hmm. at the very least i want to try and inspire people to get out travel see the world get connected to nature and then if i can get some beautiful images out of my journey to show to people look this is what you can do if you just know how to use a camera that gives them that inspiration. So it's those three things. And, and that's what I decided right from the start. You know, mm. if anyone's going to watch this channel, I want them to get those three things out of all of these videos. And then I've done my job. Nice. That's an awesome set of pillars to go by. And knowing that I've, the videos that I've seen so far, very entertaining. 
and inspirational and just seeing what he goes through as a guy completely alone. I get to go out with Brendan. He's my buddy who goes out with me for photography adventures and I don't have to do it all alone. And I'm watching, I'm watching Gavin go out completely alone, get in his hotel, get set up, then wake up the next morning early and drive out mm. to the place that we're going to talk about in this podcast. And mm-hmm. it's just that adventure that encourage that that enthusiasm and drive to go out there oh yeah definitely love it you will be inspired by adam's channel nice, so, nice. Uh, adam's channel adam gibbs is on my mind with gavin's channel so <laughs> gavin with your channel you said you've focused this last year you're over five thousand subscribers has all of that come in one year are you gonna hurt our heart and make us feel terrible <laughs> that you did all of this in one year actually all of that has come in the last two months yeah, um, shut up so shut up. just quit talking yeah I started the channel in years ago, but I, I really didn't do anything until um, I think January. I shot the first video mm-hmm. and, you know, got got a few hundred views and, and nothing really came of it. No, I mean, I, I've really got to thank Thomas Heaton for giving me a huge boost because uh, we met down in Moab at a conference where we were both teaching and uh, we hit it off. We went out shooting. We had a great time. And <clears throat> about a week later, I posted the video of me interviewing Tom. And of course he featured that and met, you know, he mentioned that in a, a couple of his videos and he's been kind enough to, to recommend my videos at the, at the end of his videos a few times. And that's oh, really, nice. really helped to sort of boost uh, and, and uh, sort of expose me to a whole bunch of viewers that I otherwise wouldn't have got. So, right. so I really owe Tom a, a, a few pints for that one. Yeah, the well, thank you, Thomas Heaton. I mean, we <laughs> definitely thought the same way. There's a guy who has photography TV. He even paid Thomas to let him interview him and do a video, and that got him a ton of hits. Mm. Not only that, but the blog post he wrote afterwards with Thomas Heaton's advice and Nick Page's advice, put them together mm. in, a, in, a chat, in a blog post, and it got a lot of hits either on S-Stoppers or Petapixel. Mm, right, right. So you say it's happened in this last little bit, what are the numbers you would say your Thomas Heaton bump amounted to how many new subscribers? Um, well, that that probably got me a couple of thousand subscribers in maybe three three weeks wow. or so. Okay. Nice. And, wow. and then I was so encouraged by that that I, I started to post every week. Mm. So I made a video every week. And then I think uh, uh, Google slash YouTube must have picked up on the fact that I was getting a bit of traffic and I was being regular. And so they started to show me in the recommended videos thing, yes, the column right, down the right. right. So that that got me another couple of thousand. So so the, the acceleration has been kind of exponential just in the last sort of six weeks or so. But but it did slow down, I would say, in the last 10 days because it's, it's taken me about 10 days to get around to posting the video that came out today. I don't know if you guys saw that, mm, but you should yeah. definitely check it out. Okay. You'll get a few, just don't, don't be drinking anything in the last sort of five seconds. Otherwise, you'll spray it all over the screen. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Well, let's hear some of your adventures. You went out to Crystal Mill. For those of you guys who don't know it, it's this. Well, let me just let you say it, Gavin. What is Crystal Mill and why are you motivated to go out there? The Crystal Mill is this spectacularly iconic uh, structure. It's a building. It's an abandoned building. Uh, that's that's in the the old mining village of Crystal in Colorado, okay. and mm-hmm. I'd seen pictures yeah. of it years ago, and yeah. I always thought, oh god, that looks fantastic! I've got to go there. And <clears throat> about a week before I went down to Moab, a photographer called Ryan Smith, who's a really nice guy, you should check out his stuff. Oh yeah, we're mm-hmm. friends with Ryan Smith. We mm-hmm. love the guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a good guy. So he posted this picture on Facebook because I, 
you know how things pop up and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to add that to my list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They fade away and you forget about them. And then he posted a picture of the crystal mill with all these beautiful yellow aspens around mm-hmm. it and it just looked fantastic. I said, oh my God, I'm going to, I'm going to be there next week. I'm going to, I'm going to go and shoot that. So I asked him, how bad's the road? And he said, oh, it's not too bad, but I don't know if you've seen Ryan's car, his, <laughs> his vehicle, but it, like, it's like one of those Armageddon vehicles that, you know, af- after the, you know, the apocalypse, it'll still be running. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I've just got a, a standard SUV with four wheel drive. So I thought, he, he said, it's fine. It's totally fine. You'll be all right. So I thought, oh, I'll go. So I drove all the way from Vancouver Island all the way down the States, down to Colorado, oh, and wow. um, hit this disgraceful road. And, uh, I mean, it, it's kind of good that they keep it in such bad shape, because if they didn't, there'd be 800 tourists a day in the summer. You know, True it'd be absolute that. chaos. Mm. So it's just absolutely terrible, this road. And I drove days and days to get down there. And as I, as I was approaching the crappy road, you know, I couldn't believe how spectacular the area was uh, mm. with with all of the aspen trees. I'd never been there in all my time, all my years of driving down to Moab and touring through the, through Utah. I'd never seen uh, this part of Colorado, mm. and uh, finally got there. And I, I hit this horrendous, <laughs> disgusting road, bottomed out my my car so many times, and I got about two miles down this road, and I think it's about a six mile road, something like that. Oh, got about miles two miles down six. it. Mm. And I thought, I, I'm, I am not going to get out of here if I keep going like this. So I just abandoned the car and hoofed it the rest of the way on foot, which wouldn't have been too bad. But then within about two minutes of uh, hitting the road, there was just thunder and lightning all around me. <laughs> really? It was torrential. I was absolutely torrential. So, And I'm carrying like three tripods. I'm just like a, a walking lightning rod. <laughs> and I thought... This isn't sensible. So so I just kind of waited it out a little bit under a tree, put my tripod somewhere away from me right. and uh, kind of waited it out a bit. And then it calmed down a little bit and then I, I carried on. I finally got there and it was just this spectacular. Oh, it, it's so beautiful there. Even on the most horrendous, rainy, thundering, lightning day, you know, ugly, ugly, dangerous weather. And it was still so beautiful. Well, and, how uh, many hours of hiking did you have to go through to get to it? You know, it wasn't that bad. It was only like four four miles of hiking. It was just, it took me a couple of hours because I was stopping and waiting out the rain. Stopping so, and waiting. And I'm not in great shape, but I'm not in such bad shape that I can't do four, a four-mile hike in, in an hour, you know. Right, so right. Didn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't a huge ordeal hiking it in, but by the time I'd finished shooting which had been hours. I was so drenched. I was, I was completely drenched, even through my waterproofs. And, I don't, you know, it was fairly cold up there. And uh, when, when, you, when you're just kind of standing around and ho- holding yourself still while you take a shot, <laughs> yeah. it's not as if your body temperatures, it's not as if you're getting warm, right? right so I was just right. chilled, chilled to the core. And uh, I'm pretty good at putting up with the cold. But man, after like four hours of being rained on <laughs> oh i was done I, I wanted to get out of there and, and i was so lucky because I, I just i literally packed my gear up and started doing the sad lonely walk down the road <laughs> like the littlest hobo <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> this this suv passes me and they, they roll the window down it's this uh vietnamese family who actually lived in new york and they said oh, oh wow. would you like a ride i said God, let me get in that car you know <laughs> so they 
they took me out and it was it was almost humiliating because they were in a rental and they did not care <laughs> they, did not uh-huh. care. they just smashed down that road in this rental and i was like oh maybe oh, i could have maybe i could have made it but they were just hammering it they didn't mm. care it was it was inspiring. <laughs> when you think back to the pictures that you captured out there at Crystal Mill, thinking photographically, I'm going to ask you what went well. But first, let's start mm. with what were what, some of the challenges that you were met right away? You just barely arrived. You got your camera up. Was it instant to find the composition or did you have to really work for it? I always work for compositions because... I mean, that, that location, it is actually a very easy comp. You could just literally walk up, stand on the, the cliff edge and get a killer shot. But I didn't mm. want to do that. I didn't want to get the same shot as everybody else. Right. So, you know, I did what I always do when I, when I get to a scene that I've never shot before. And that is I leave my camera in the bag and I walk around and I, you know, I look from different angles. I try and visualize what it's going to be like with a wide lens, with a longer lens. And then once I've studied it a bit, then I get the camera out and I just kind of walk around with the the live view screen and I don't take any nice. pictures. I just move the camera around and I look at, okay, yeah, yeah, that'll work for that. Mm-hmm. And I, I shoot with prime lenses quite a lot. So it's a real faff to, <laughs> yeah. to get the comp that you want because you're constantly moving around trying to get the, the composition in the frame. Um, and a couple of those shots just didn't fit. So I had to do a panoramic stitch. You know, I had to do multiple shots uh, just to fit everything in the frame. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that that's kind of like my standard procedure when you get to somewhere new is you, you, you just have to try and resist the urge to go, oh, oh you know, just <laughs> yeah. start, right, right. you know, snapping away like a lunatic. Just, just calm down and just walk <laughs> around and study it. Just really study it. And um, if, if you take your time, and, and a, on a day like that, Apart from a few tourists that came about an hour later, I, I had the whole place to myself for about the first hour. And wow. It was, it was paradise, man. <laughs> Even when being poured on, it was still paradise. Right. That's amazing. And with the rain, I imagine the light was pretty consistent. There was no light you were chasing. There wasn't any rush. So you really could just hone in your favorite composition. For kind of, I mean, the, there was a there was a little moment where the sun popped out. Oh, mm. uh, and just just hit hit the foreground rocks just before they drop down that that first bend oh. in the river, and and that, that is actually my favorite shot of the days. Is, is uh, yeah. uh, you can just see that it, it's got this real pop of uh, of high dynamic range, and it really really makes things pop. And then the other thing as well was um, when I first arrived there was all these wispy gray clouds that were kind of fading in and out of the scene. Oh. And so there was a, there was a little bit of a, you know, a bit of anxiety that, Oh, mm-hmm. if I don't get moving quick, I'm going to miss those. Mm-hmm. And I did miss yeah. the best of them, but then they came back about an hour later. So it's like, you know, hmm. that's what you're dealing with when you, when you shoot in landscapes out in nature, you feel this pressure to, Oh, oh it's right. fantastic now. So yeah. I should just shoot now, yeah. <laughs> but it yes. might be even better in an hour. Or it might be even better in three hours. Try not to rush and just be there all day and you'll get a fantastic shot. I can't even tell you how many right. times I've gone to a location and kicked myself as I see a certain thing happen in the sky and I'm like, I'm in the car still. And then I'm kind of bummed thinking about it, getting in position. Then all of a sudden, something a hundred times better happens around me and I couldn't believe it. Mm, yeah. And so we're always so angst ridden when we're out there as photographers. Yeah. We feel like we there must it. be some sort of. There must be like a psychological term for photographer's anxiety, <laughs> photography mm. or something. I don't know. But we, yeah, we all we suffer that, don't we? We're like mm. we get somewhere and it's like, 
I remember the first time I ever went to Moab in in Utah. I don't know if you have you guys been to Archer's National Park. Absolutely, and all that a lot of times. We live three hours away, so there, we, yeah, we. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh yeah, you now guys, you guys have got <laughs> little brag. You guys brag. have got the best stuff on the planet there. We're so but I, I remember the first time I, I went there, it was like. What do I do first? I, oh, I, yeah. You drive through Archers and you're like, oh, that looks good and that looks good and that's fantastic. And you, you're kind of thinking, I don't know where to begin. It's, right. it's, it's overwhelming. overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I actually got quite angry with myself because I was, I was all in a dither. I was all <laughs> flapping like, oh, what am I going to do? What, what am I going to shoot? You know, and I was just getting annoyed with I just wanted to slap myself. And then, <laughs> we need you know, photographer you, do, you, have to, you have to make a choice. You have to say, okay, well, I'm going to go there and I'm just going to sit and wait for the light. And it's difficult when you're in a place like Moab because you sit, you do that and then you look just over on the, the, the <laughs> yeah. Oh my the gosh. Distance. And you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Like that place has got to be the, the cause of so much um, regret, Photogra- <laughs> photography regret. And second like, guessing. Oh, I made, made the wrong choice. But <laughs> stick, you know, there's no, but there's no point in bailing halfway through. I'm like, Oh, well, forget this. I'll go and get that. No, just stick with what you've got. And, it's true, because as soon you as you know. go and get that other thing, then the light behind you is going to be better, and you're just going to be like every time. Oh, yeah. Every time. Every time. It's like changing position crazy. in lines at a grocery store. That line looks shorter. <laughs> I'm going to go over there. And then as soon as you do that, <laughs> that's, a, that's the receipt machine that runs out yeah. of paper. <laughs> you're like, what was I that's doing? That's a good... Uh, mm. I like that analogy. That's, <laughs> that's too true. Yeah. So when you're thinking about how the photography went, you said that those are the things that were challenging. What was just magnificent? What did you come away from in Krista Mill and say, I'm so glad I was here for this? Mm. I, I knew that uh, at least two of the shots were magnificent. I just knew. And, and there's nothing for a photographer. There's no bigger high <laughs> than when you know, you know, you've nailed that shot. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and on that, mem- there's gold on that memory card, you know. So and that, that shot that I was talking about, the one that had the, the little splash of light that just hit the rocks. I thought, yeah, I've got it. And that, that was that was me done for the next two days. I was on a high. Nice. <laughs> yes, I love that. I know exactly what you're saying. And those moments that you yeah. actually have the camera ready and you can capture it when that happens, yeah. you're so dang proud. So yep. thinking about your photography, we've talked about Crystal Mill. Imagine that you and I just met up by happenstance. There's a campfire we've done for the night. We're hanging out. We got some drinks. And you're just going to sit there and tell me a story. You're like, hey, you're a photographer too. You would like this story. <laughs> what comes to mind first as what you would tell us? Some of the stupid things that I've done to get good <laughs> pictures, you know, um, risking your life on a regular basis without really making a conscious decision to risk mm, your life but right. realizing too late oh i messed up this i might not walk away from this you know and this the stupidest thing i've ever done and i i regularly almost three times a week do something very very stupid <laughs> in photography uh, but the stupidest thing i ever did was in northern ireland at the dark hedges you probably know about that place right the it's a familiar hedges. name, yeah, but I'm sounds... not picturing it right now. What is it? The one cool trail that goes through those trees that's in Game of Thrones? Yeah. Okay. okay. It's that's exactly what it is. It's that very yeah. famous road that has this it's canopy beautiful. of gnarly beech trees yeah. that yeah. are spectacular, and they catch the morning light and they catch the the afternoon light, mm. and it, it's a gorgeous spot. And um, I got there. I think it was October 2016, and I'd never been before. 
showed up, I think, in the afternoon, and it, it was crawling with tourists. It was just, mm. it was like Mesa Arch times 10. Jeez. And I thought, it's going to be like this tomorrow morning as well. I, I just knew it would be. So I thought, well, what can I do? How can I get something different? And I thought, I'll come back at night. I'll be the only guy here. I'll do some night photography and I'll light these trees with a with a torch, <laughs> flashlight in America, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll get a killer shot. Well, I did get a killer shot, but I almost died getting it. <laughs> How did you almost so, die? What was I went happening? back a few hours later. I think it was about ten o'clock at night when I got when I went back there. It was totally dark. Okay, and I was the only person around, and there, there was a few cars that were kind of coming and going. But I, I, you know, as as the evening wore on, the cars got less and less, and I was. Right. I was refining this composition, and so the, so the composition was obviously the you know the classic shot of the beech trees. But I thought I'll put myself in the middle of the frame as as a model slash light source. So like I wanted this light source because it was a nighttime image. Right. You know where's the where's the light coming from that paints these trees? Well, it's it's coming from this guy who's standing in the middle of the road, which was me. <laughs> and so I set my camera up on the tripod. I put it on a thirty second exposure but I put it on like a 10 second timer. So I had enough time to right, run out to into the, the spot, yeah, yeah. click yeah. the head and then stand real, really still, you know, try and do the long exposure. And then I'd listen to the camera click and then I'd run back and I'd, I'd check the shot. And so it was like a process of refinement. You know, right, so each right. time you take a shot, it's like, oh yeah, I need to stand a little bit more to the right and a bit forward. So you get better at the, the positioning until the composition is just getting better and better and better. So I got through, I don't know, maybe 10 frames of this. And it was, I was almost there. I thought, I know exactly where I need to be. I'll do this one last shot. And just as I heard the shutter open, you know, I'd done my 10 second sprint and I stood in position. I've just got the flashlight on and I could hear this car Whoa. and it was coming fast. It's and I could no hear one. like... <laughs> No one around. He, this guy's thinking, oh, I've got this road all to myself. I'm going right. to nail it exactly. down this road. So oh. all I can hear is just... <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, well, I'll give it a little bit longer. But I wanted to get this shot, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. But there's, there's a car accelerating towards my tripod in the middle of the road at breakneck speed. And, I, and I, it got to a point where I thought, Okay, I, I you know I forget the shot, and I started running back. So I'm running towards this car. So the car is speeding up the road. I'm running at a full sprint. You're trying to beat it to your tripod. Head on, <laughs> yeah. And there's a tripod in the middle with the camera on it, and I'm I'm flashing my my light as I'm as I'm running at this guy. I'm running towards death, right? And uh, I've made the decision. It's like okay, well the camera's gone. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to try yeah. and rescue the camera. So as he as he's coming, if when it comes to the moment, I'm going to jump left. I'm going to dive left. That, I've made that decision, and uh, just before you know, I'd kind of put my right foot down to stamp down and push off. And just before I took that that leap, he saw me, and he slammed on his brakes and he skidded to a halt <laughs> inches, Whoa. inches from that oh, tripod. My- yeah. And there was like a, a pause. There was like a moment of, uh, you know, <laughs> complete silence where I was just standing there looking at this guy and he's looking at me and then he just blasted his horn and, you know, obviously he was annoyed because yeah. I was an idiot, you know. Yeah. And it, and then he peeled out of there with this massive skid, and I was like, "Oh God, what an idiot!" It wasn't 
Well, it's a good shot, but it wasn't worth dying. <laughs> no, or losing your camera for. Right, oh, right. Oh, man. Yeah. How many times did you put your camera tripod in a road and thought, I don't, I hope no one comes by. And you worry about that. And he's hearing oh, it happening. Yeah. A couple of times, actually, just recently in the fall colors, I was like, doing that in the <laughs> middle of the road. And I just, like, I'm just listening for the, I'm just like, okay, run out, <laughs> not get hit. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. The thought yeah. that would go through my mind about, okay, can I get to the tripod first? And then can I dive the direction oh that gosh. he doesn't swerve? Right. Oh gosh, yeah. Gavin, that's freaking nuts. It's like this, it's like this series of logic. It's like, okay, <laughs> right. uh, can Camera first. Oh no! Okay, the camera's done. Forget that. Okay, life next. Uh, which direction should I dive? So that <laughs> That's fifty-fifty choice. Yeah. Did you have that Robert Downey <laughs> Jr. Sherlock Holmes moment where everything slows <laughs> down and you calculated all of the scenarios out in your mind? <laughs> it kind of is. You you kind of reach a point of resignation where you think, oh well, this is it. This is how I go out. <laughs> it's not that <laughs> how it is. At least Kevin you know? died it's... doing what he loved: shooting night photography yeah. at the dark Running edges. towards cars. <laughs> It's kind of a it's kind of a cool cool way to go, I guess. I'd rather go that way than than some horrible illness, you know. You'd be mm. all over Petapixel with that story. You'd be so famous. <laughs> in my uh, posthumously famous, yeah, in my yeah. How much money can you make on YouTube posthumously? Do you have to have an estate that runs your estate afterwards? Yeah, you get a will it to somebody, maybe. <laughs> photo Tripper. Something. Mm. The late, late Gavin Hardcastle. We all subscribe to yeah. his Photo Tripper channel to support him. Oh, man, that's nuts. Knock on wood. <laughs> Watch how he dies yeah. in his last video. Now, I was looking for that picture <laughs> yeah. on your portfolio, looking at phototripper.com. Again, guys, that's F-O-T-O, phototripper.com. And I'm going through your portfolio. Do you have that picture anywhere yet or are you just still shaking and you don't have any you have too much post-traumatic stress from that near death <laughs> to actually process I think, the image you know i'm 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 like most photographers i'm really lazy at updating the portfolio that's on my website but it's probably on Flickr where i put pretty much everything that's uh, new that i like yeah. I, I post it on Flickr because that's my favorite photography site i really like the community there okay and it's uh, it's been around forever so it Flickr has, is where yeah. you'll find it I'm so bad at putting new pictures on my actual portfolio. Well, because <laughs> it's just easier, right? It's just easier to upload to something like Flickr yeah. or Facebook or Instagram yeah. or whatever. Bang. So it's, yeah, it's done. Yeah, that's what it's for. Yeah. So it's Gavin, true. with the few minutes that we have left with you, I want to ask for some of your advice. Those of us listening to this episode, talking and thinking about, okay, Gavin Hardcastle's doing something that I would love to do. I want to try, I'm looking at your Photo Tripper site is fantastic. Your content on your YouTube channel is solid. Mm -hmm. I'm really jealous of that iconic look from just a wide angle GoPro and how it already has a, a resonating look that says, yeah, okay, I recognize it immediately. That's Gavin's video from Photo Tripper. I can mm -hmm. recognize it quickly. Um, from right now, how you're doing with YouTube and your photography from where you were at the beginning, what do you know right now that you wish you knew at the beginning that you would say to someone, you should make sure you do this or focus on this when you're starting? Mm. Mm. That's a difficult thing. I mean, it's kind of like the, the advice I would give. It's kind of um, universal to anything that you're passionate about, whether it's photography, mm, yeah. painting, music, sports. Whatever it is, um, I would say you need to be uh, in touch with reality. You need to be self-critical. Don't delude yourself. Don't, don't post a crappy picture on Facebook uh, 
and all your family and friends tell you that it's wonderful <laughs> and then you now think that you're a wonderful photographer i think you need to be um realistic and sort of say to yourself well is it wonderful is it is it really good or are mm. people just being nice and you, it's okay to be self-critical and it's it's okay to have really high standards and i think if you have really high standards and you think about you know very consciously think okay like like we talked earlier about the crystal mill you walk up to a beautiful scene right it's easy to just take the obvious shot and some sometimes i do that myself right because it's the best shot but it's also easy to take out a little bit of extra time and think okay how can i make this better you know that that's why i did that shot at um the dark edges how, how can i do something that nobody else has done how right, can i make right. this mine how can I, I put my own stamp on on things and so be self-critical and be be of a high standard and be ambitious and you know some of the things i've done um you know taking equipment and lights and flares and smoke bombs and s stupid things out mm -hmm. to remote locations mm. in frozen ice fields because i think i might get a shot and sometimes i don't get a shot you know but taking that extra effort to go where other people haven't gone or they've gone but they didn't take this equipment and right, they didn't take that right. or they went in the day and they, they didn't go at night time plan an adventure that's what that's what people like uh, adam gibbs and, Be and brent henderson the other guy that i do videos with um we think okay wh where can we go okay we, we know a brilliant location now what can we do to make it look even better? What can we take with us? We'll take some lights. We'll we'll take some equipment, some sliders, or what, whatever it is that you've got to take to make things better. And if that means you've got to hike through a, a thunder and lightning storm and get <laughs> right. soaked to the bone, <laughs> then do it because you might be miserable at the time. But afterwards... You'll look at that picture and think, so I got a bit wet and I got a bit cold. I didn't die. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. So that's that's what I, I would, I, you know, in a nutshell, I would say be self-critical, have high standards, and really, really consciously think about what can I do that hasn't already been done? How can I make it special? That's really fantastic mm -hmm. advice. In an interview a few interviews ago, I was talking with Matthew Newman, and the guy told mm. me, I was going out to Crater Lake and I realized one day no one has made an igloo at Crater Lake and taken a shot of an igloo with the Milky Way. So I'm going to do that. And he gets REI <laughs> and all sorts of outdoor wear gear that's following him now on his Instagram mm -hmm. and asking for his shots to use in their campaigns and paying him for it because of that really unique, no one's done it yet. Right. They brought right. an igloo. He, he built an igloo for five hours on his own in Crater <laughs> Lake. And now he did something completely yeah. different. Yeah. It's just yeah. Really brilliant. Absolutely agree. You guys, you got to mm -hmm, get yeah. out there and push yourself to come up with what that might be. And that's what's going to make your photography show up on the radar of someone. Right. Gavin right. already mentioned Thomas Heaton as how he's helped him a lot and put him on the radar of a lot of new viewers that may have not found his channel very quickly. Mm -hmm. Especially now in YouTube, there's so many people out there doing little photography vlogs on the site, photography TV, and it's just it's harder to stand out than it used to be. Yeah. And what a great thing to do is having an awesome comedians in cars and coffee inter interview moment with Thomas Heaton. That's going to make you stand out, Gavin, from all the other channels. I was crazy jealous when I saw that video of you, man. Absolutely. Hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean that that was just kind of like an organic, uh, you know. Oh, Tom, do you want to do you want to lift back? Do you want do you want to ride back? And I, I just always have the GoPro at the ready, just so that I can do my own little spiel when I'm talking. Mm-hmm. So nice. it, it was easy to to just keep it rolling while I had I had Tom and I had Mike Taylor and I had Raphael Pons. You know, yep. it's it's easy to just hit that and nice. then and and because Tom is so um, well practiced. At, at talking to the camera it just it it seemed like a, it rolls off his tongue really easy you know it seems quite natural right. and organic and so you know the it was easy for the two of us to bounce off one another and, and it was a natural conversation you know right really uh, i mean I, I cut out cut out a bunch of stuff but um because you know I, I did wonder it's 27 minutes are people going to watch 27 minutes of, <laughs> of me me tom and mike talking crap about photography i don't know but people love it you know so and i had a blast so yeah it worked out really well nice <laughs> so gavin i want to ask you a quick question about gear um besides your camera and tripod is there any particular piece of gear that you just have to have when you go out something that comes to your mind that just you always have have to have in your bag when you go out and do photography well, polarizer, you have to have a circular polarizer. Mm. Um, that It's so essential for me because I do a lot of waterfall photography and lakes, uh, yeah. okay. that kind of stuff. I, you know, if, if I get an hour and a half down the road and I realize I've left my polarizer at home, I'll do a quick calculation. Is it cheaper to go and buy a new one right here or should I drive back and just pick it up? Because either mm. way, I'm not taking any pictures without it. It's essential. Um, and then of course, because I do a lot of waterfalls and I'm shooting in the rain, make sure you got some lens wipes. Um, <laughs> cause I use those a lot, you know, oh, but, yeah. um, that's really the only, uh, accessory. Very rarely I'll use ND filters. I don't use grads of any kind. Um, yeah, it's just the basics. And you know, if you want to talk about gear and, imp- and going back to like, improving your photography what i would say mm-hmm. to, to any beginner photography f- photographer is don't buy loads of gear just have one camera have one zoom lens that gives you a good range from wide to sort of medium yeah that and a polarizer and that's it don't be buying don't be buying a whole bunch of lenses and stuff and, and accessories and filters and all kinds of gadgets until you feel like you've mastered that one piece of gear because i, I mm, yes I, because i teach I, I teach so many people that that show up mm. with a camera a camera bag that's got fifty grand's worth of gear in it, oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm super I'm super envious that this right. complete beginner has got all of the lenses that I wish I could afford. <laughs> right. right, the yeah. whole lineup. He's got right? yeah. yeah, he's got three three camera bodies, all, all like top top of the line camera bodies. I've just got <laughs> one, you know, uh-huh. and it's like. Dude, what are you going to do with all of that gear? And then they've got like an infrared camera that's better than my main camera. You know, it's like, okay, let's just stick to one piece of equipment. Let's master it. Let's get to the point where you can look at an image and go, I really captured something beautiful there. Yeah. And it's because you mastered that that one tool. It's like, because I'm a musician and I, I and my background is in is in music production, uh, when I first started out, you, you know, you were lucky if you could afford one instrument, whether it was a sampler, right. a synth, a guitar, a bass, some drums, right. whatever it was. And so you mastered that instrument. You you had to learn how to play that instrument so that it was worth the investment. And, you know, it quickly taught you whether you were going to make a go of this or not. But I think if you inundate yourself with loads of gear and the best gear, 
you'll probably never develop uh, as far as you could have done if you just limit yourself to the essentials. I love mm, that you went true. to a musical analogy with that because I was already thinking in my head something mm. similar. And so I'm just going to riff off that a little bit, guys. Yeah, yeah. When you get your new new instrument, you can quickly learn some notes and figure out how to play a song. Now, you can get really good at playing, you know hot cross buns on any instrument <laughs> and you can say that I can play that instrument and then you can move on to the next one. Now I'm going to learn the tuba and play hot cross buns on the tuba. Now I'm going to play the saxophone and play hot cross buns on the saxophone. Now i got the piano, <laughs> tuba, and sax. I can play all of them one song. And if anyone ever asks you, you pull out that one song you know. Like when I get a guitar, I play Eric Clapton. I have one song that I know like part <laughs> of and then I sound really awesome on the guitar but then it's like I'm hoping they don't ask for more because they'll find out how much I don't know. <laughs> And so, like with instruments or cameras, you can get to the point where you can hit the shutter button and capture a picture. You maybe even get to the point where you got a composition that looks good, but eventually you get to know that camera so well that you're not just playing music, you're writing music. And when you're at the mm. point where you're writing your own composition on your camera and you're making a piece of work that is something that you've constructed entirely on your own and it's not just elements of other songs other pictures you've already seen in compositions that you're copying that feels so much better and the only way to get there is having a lot more time mastering it playing it yeah, get to know yeah. that camera get to know that lens for all of its strengths and weaknesses and you'll find yourself inventing things now with it because you've got so familiar with it yeah yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's there's a reason why they call it composition, right? Mm -hmm. Right, that's a good um, point. And, and I think at the end of the day, what we're all trying to do here is we're trying to inspire people, you know. Right. Either, you, either you're trying to inspire them to create or you're trying to inspire them to explore and adventure and travel. Uh, whatever it is, what I want to do is I want to create... When, I, when someone sees my images, or I guess even my videos now... I want to create that sense of awe that I'm that I'm experiencing at the time that right. I'm shooting it. Yeah. I want people to to watch that pic that video or see that picture and think, "Oh man, that exists on planet Earth." You mean I can right. go and stand there <laughs> yeah. and get a similar shot? Right. Like that's and I get that, you know, like I I get messages from people uh on a regular basis that say Oh, I uh, I just booked a flight to such and such, or or here's a picture that I got from that place that you shot five years ago because you inspired me to go there. Mm, awesome. And their pictures e even better than mine. You know, I'm like, <laughs> oh man, that's a good shot. You yeah. Know? I I love I love that because that is to me, that's like a form of immortality. Long after mm, you've gone, mm -hmm. if you, if you leave little nuggets of inspiration for other human beings to pick up on, yeah, and to make make them better, make them explore and adventure. Long after you've gone, well, that's that's the closest thing you're going to get to immortality. I think. Yeah, that's you're right. Fantastic, and that's a fantastic place to end hanging out mm -hmm. with Gavin tonight. Thank you so much for being here with us and giving us all your time. I hope that you will join us again because it's been a lot of fun and it'd be yeah. awesome to jump back in here in four or five months and check in on Photo Tripper and see how you're doing, see what adventures you've had. Are you up for it again? Oh, I'm up for it 
I'm up for it. Yes, awesome. we always do this because people are pressured to say yes because they're recorded on the podcast. And what kind of a jerk would be like, no, guys, I don't think so. I don't think I'll come back. Now that we've had one date, how do you feel about doing it again? Now that it's question. live. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's watching. That's funny. So, Gavin, how do people follow you? I mentioned Phototripper and Phototripper.com, but fill out all the places that people can go and learn more about Gavin Hardcastle and follow your work. Yeah, well, obviously, I'd love people to, to go to my website, phototripper.com with the F. Um, but you can also find me on YouTube, Facebook, and Flickr. Uh, Flickr is, like I said before, that's my favorite uh, photography portal. So yeah, check me out on those platforms and you'll see uh, you'll see a lot of my latest stuff. But yeah, YouTube is where I'm really starting to put a lot of my effort and energy. That's awesome. Nice. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you guys who are listening. Like Brendan and I always say, mm-hmm. You guys, if you enjoyed this content, don't thank us. Thank our patrons that have been willing to put forward their own money to help us, support us, and keep Photog Adventures going. Right. Really, really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much, Gavin. Hope you have a good night, Gavin, and a good trip tomorrow morning, driving three hours around, around, around <laughs> to get to the West Coast over there. I hope it turns Sounds out really awesome. well. Yeah. Hope you have great clouds. Yeah. Thanks, mate. It's been your absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, man. Thanks for coming and have a good night and have a good week, guys. See you guys. All right. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye.